if your personality creates your personal reality, and it does, and your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel, then the present personality who's listening to this podcast has created the present personal reality called their life. Nothing big there. Which means if you want to change your personal reality, you're going to have to do Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. What happens if we create, try to create from survival emotions? It just takes a long time. You just, you, you'll just force it. Little, little steps at a time. You'll force it. Yeah. You'll, you'll force it. You'll fight for it. You'll compete for it. And you'll manipulate. You'll cheat. You'll lie. Uh, you'll do anything to get what you want because that's what matter does when it's trying to change matter. And everybody's, everybody's playing that game, right? Everybody's trying to c- accumulate the most amount of things. Right. Okay, so that's what abundance means to certain people. Get as many things as you can. Okay. You want that? Not a problem. But let's learn the formula of how to create, right? Yes. So then, so then you'd have to feel those emotions before the experience occurred. And if you understood that you could dissociate all of your attention from this three-dimensional reality and have no attention on anything known and understand it's the field that creates matter, mm-hmm. not matter that emits the field, and if you could get to that place and change your energy with a clear intention and elevated emotion, your heart starts beating in this beautiful rhythm like a drum. We've measured it so many times, and when that occurs, the next thing that happens, the heart informs the brain it's safe to create now. So the person relaxes into the present moment, and then we see this, like if you took a big sheet, you know, and a blanket, and you went like that, the energy of the heart actually informs the brain to move into these beautiful, elegant states of alpha brainwave patterns, Mm. coherent alpha. And that's saying, what's the next dream? What is it the next, what's the next opportunity you want to experience? That's a state of creation. So now you have a Wi-Fi signal. You got a coherent brain, that's a directive, that's a signal out, and you got this coherent heart. That's what draws it to us, right? You combine those two, and if there's a vibrational match between your energy and that potential in the quantum field, and you're feeling abundant, and whatever your brain associates with being abundant, that's your call. That's what the creative process is. This is the creative center. The brain, the frontal lobe, actually says, what would it be like to be creative or, or abundant? I don't know what it'd be like to be abundant. Well, then go read a few books on people <laughs> who, who actually became abundant and realized it wasn't a glorious process. They mm. failed miserably. They, let, they got betrayed. They learned a lot of lessons, but they persevered. Mm-hmm. And what are the qualities of that person that you could embody? That, that's the key, right? Because it's, it's not about wealth. It's who you become, mm-hmm. right? Because people think it's about their wealth, but it's the becoming process. It's the overcoming. That attracted that, right? Of course. So then, so then, you got to turn the battleship around because most people say, "I can't feel grateful for my wealth because it hasn't happened yet." That's the hypnosis. 
waiting for the experience to happen to feel grateful. Well, that's Newtonian, that's three-dimensional reality, that's cause and effect. The quantum, you gotta feel it in order for you to experience it, okay? So this heart becomes like an amplifier and it sends that signal out and that frequency can carry the thought of your abundance. Can't, suffering cannot carry the thought of your abundance. Lack cannot carry the thought of your abundance. It's, it's a different frequency, right? We feel different feelings like suffering. We think different thoughts, right? So, so people can say, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, all they want, but that thought is never making it to the body because it's stopping at the brainstem because the body's saying, I'm miserable, I'm unhappy, mm-hmm. I'm in lack, right? So, so the affirmation doesn't work, right? Okay, so let's go one step further. Yes. So if you practice this, and you actually understood, you know, well, we teach this pretty well, but if you, if you learned it just like learning how to play handball, or mm-hmm. learning how to hit a golf ball, learning how to dance a salsa, if you just practice the form, you got really good at it. If you were doing it properly then, what would be the outcome? The experiment of being abundant would be that you would have to feel that feeling. It's so good at doing it with your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. You gotta do it with your eyes open. Now, why? Because if you're feeling the feelings of your emotions, of your future, you're no longer looking for them. Because you're in the future now. Your your body is so objective that it's believing it's living in that reality where you are abundant. And as long as you feel that emotion, you're not separate from it any longer. You're no longer in lack. You're no longer looking for it to occur. Say, why hasn't it happened yet? If you're feeling abundant, why would you look? Right? Right. So, so, So then... Our job then is to be able to maintain that modified state of mind and body. So, okay, so does that mean like you should check your bank account tomorrow and see if there's a half a million dollars in it? No. You keep tuning into that potential, and then here come the synchronicities. Yes. What's that? That's feedback in your environment. It's the universe saying, hey, Lewis, whatever you're doing, all of a sudden, <laughs> we are starting to create, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important for people to remember that they're the creators of their lives instead of the victim of their lives, right? Mm -hmm. So the victim is saying, I'm feeling this way because that person or that circumstance or I don't have any money is causing me to feel this way. That's my relationship with money. What that really means is I'm using my lack to reaffirm my dependency, my addiction, my conditioning. That's my relationship with money, is that I put my attention on money because I don't have it. Mm. So their relationship with money is of course built on lack. And so when they don't have it, they feel bad. And what they're really saying is, my outer environment, my reality is actually controlling the way I feel and the way I think. So Lewis, why are you in a good mood today? Things are going good, why in a bad mood? Things are going bad today. So. This unconscious program of victimization is saying that, that, that we're, we're allowing our environment to influence the way we feel and the way we think. Isn't that, isn't that what victimization is? And, and the stronger the emotion we have to our lack, the more we put our attention on the fact that we don't have it, right? Yeah. So then the person has forgotten that they're creating reality because what they're creating is lack. And they're creating more of it. And then they try harder and they force harder and they control more. And they're more, more exhausted and, and their more, body's tired. And, and they're, they're breaking down. And, right. So, so the experiment then is let's try it another way. Let's create from the field instead of from matter. Get a coherent heart. Get a coherent brain. Relax in the heart and energy moves right into the brain. We've measured this a thousand times. And all of a sudden the person moves into these beautiful, elegant brainwave states where they're super creative, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the longer you're conscious of that energy the more you draw that future to you. So then, what does the synchronicity mean? It means whatever you're doing inside of you is producing that effect outside of you. Pay attention to what you did Keep doing and do more it again. It, yeah. So generate a little bit more abundance. Just uh-huh. do it for an experiment. Now, when the synchronicity happens, do you think you feel suffering or do you think you feel a little excitement? You feel inspired, right? Mm-hmm. So then that synchronicity is saying, use this energy, use this feeling. It should be easier for you to feel this now and go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Keep the experiment going. And here comes the promotion, here comes the, here comes the email, here mm-hmm. comes the person you meet at the right time, yes. right? Well, we have something happening here. And then that, that becomes the momentum, right? So then we generate abundance. That's, that's how we do it. And the relationship- It doesn't just happen by accident, we generate it. We generate abundance, right? So then if you have an hour meditation where you're tuning into your abundant future, but then you're spending the other 15 hours a day in lack. Don't expect anything to change. You defaulted 
Mm -hmm. You're back to the old energy. And if you say it's that person or that circumstance or that bank account, I'm going to say you're back to the unconscious program of being a victim, right? Mm -hmm. so, then, so, then, so then let's go a step further. If your personality creates your personal reality, and it does, and your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel, then the present personality who's listening to this podcast has created the present personal reality called their life. Nothing big there. Which means if you want to change your personal reality, you're going to have to change your personality. Right. Nothing changes in your life until you change, right? Mm -hmm. So then 95% of who we are is, is on autopilot, right? It's, it's a programmed thoughts, hardwired thoughts, beliefs, perceptions, unconscious habits and behaviors, and really, really emotional responses that tend to be really knee-jerk and automatic, right? So. If 95% of who we are is a set of unconscious programs, then the first step to change is becoming conscious of those unconscious thoughts. Now, people think when they sit down to do the work and make their change that they're, they're doing something wrong. No, those thoughts have to come up. I can, I'm not worthy, it's never gonna work. But the person who's truly persevering towards their abundance realizes just because they have that thought doesn't mean it's true. They're curious on what's on the other side of that thought. Ah, well, that's just the thought, right? Mm -hmm. And nerve cells that no longer fire together, no longer wire together. So you keep moving past that thought, it, gets, it has less and less power over you, right? Uh, now, you're, you have power over it, or, or better, better yet, you're using your brain in the proper way instead of your, being a victim to your brain, sure. right? If you complain about money, if you judge people who have it, if you rush when you're in lack, if you cheat when you don't have what you need, an abundant person doesn't do that. You gotta look at that and say, I gotta break these habits. Yes. Oh my God, if I truly wanna be abundant, I can't act this way. Now here's the big one. <laughs> if, if I truly wanna be a new personality that's in a new personal reality, I can't take lack with me. I can't take unworthiness. I can't take the story that goes along with it with my parents or my grandparents mm -hmm. or, or my ex or whatever. That story has to end, right? I mean, if not now, when, right? How do people end those stories? Well, of course. Well, how many times do we have to forget until we stop forgetting and start remembering? Right. That's the game, right? Mm -hmm. That's the game called change. How many times do we have to go unconscious and default to that old personality when we catch ourselves and stop doing that and get conscious? That's the moment of change. Mm -hmm. So. The problem is, is that most people wake up in the morning and they think, uh, let me think of my problems, right? The, the brain is a record of the past, right? So they think about their problems, they don't have enough money, and those, those problems are usually connected to certain people at certain places mm -hmm. with certain objects and certain things. What didn't work time. out or who right. screwed me so, over. Or so what, the yeah. moment they wake up, the moment they remember those problems, they're thinking in the past. Mm. So now they're firing and wiring the memory. They're keeping the memory of the past alive in their mind. The problem is every one of those memories has an emotion associated with it because we've experienced it. So when they feel the lack, when they feel the unhappiness, when they feel the anxiety, now the body's in the past. Thoughts being the language of the brain, feelings being the language of the body, how we think and how we feel creates our state of being. But the conditioning process starts because conditioning only needs a thought and a feeling, a memory or an image and an emotion and a stimulus and a response, and you're conditioning your body to become mm. the mind of that emotion. And now the, the memory's not in the brain. Now the memory's buried subconsciously in the body, and the body becomes the mind of that emotion. So the body is living in lack, and it's believing it's the body is—is is that through the nervous system or is that through, through neurochemical cells? Everything. everything. So, the, so, so the body's so objective that it does not know the difference between the real life experience that's creating the lack and the emotion that you're creating by thought alone called lack. Mm. The body's believing it's living the same past experience every day. It's it, 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 why? Because the end product of an experience is an emotion. Mm -hmm. oh, well, if you if your life is changing, but you're still feeling lack, don't expect anything to change. You, you won't even see it. You'll walk right past it. You're viewing your life through the lens of the past. Okay, so okay, so then a person realizes that all their friends are making money and they're doing stuff, and they're like, "Wow, I'm really feeling lack now." So then, when it no longer becomes <laughs> about your abundance, and it becomes about your change, that's a valuable moment. 
when it's mm. no longer about your healing, but it's about your change. I paid attention to a lot of people in, in the last couple of years to tell their story. The people who heal in this work from cancers and all kinds of chronic health conditions and Parkinson's and strokes and paralysis and all kinds of things, it's rare genetic disorders. It, it never was about, when they've really got in the game, it was never about their healing. It was about what do I need to change in order to heal? When the game goes like that, so then the person who's feeling lack, on some level or another, it's not just in the mind, it's in the body, right? So let me, say, let me hear you say that again. When someone's looking for abundance, it's never about the abundance, it's about the change they need to make for no, healing? No. The, the ch what, I'm using healing as an example, yes. but let's use abundance as an example. Yes. When, when you understand that you cannot get abundant, when it's no longer about the game called abundance, it's about the game called change. Mm -hmm. What do I need to change? The more I change, the more I'll be abundant. Yes. So then it's no longer about, well, I haven't, how come it hasn't happened? That's the old personality, separate mm -hmm. from the experience, still in lack, asking that question. Which is creating your current reality. Which is, which is reaffirming it because that's the lens you're perceiving it through. Okay, mm -hmm. so. So we should be focusing more on what we need to change every moment as opposed to the abundance or the healing. Well, the word meditation means to become familiar with. Sit with yourself long enough and not turn on your cell phone, not yeah. scroll through your social media, and do no TikTok, no emails, no, none of that stuff. Don't just sit and close your eyes and, and watch the thoughts that come up. Those, that's the exact reason why you're not abundant. Watch what you want to do when you're feeling lack to take away the lack and there's always something you would do to, to take it away. But, but sit with the lack and be curious on what's on the other side of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because the body's programmed into lack now subconsciously, right? So the emotion of lack drives our thoughts and drives our behaviors. So it makes sense then that if an emotion is a record of the past, then we're doing things habitually from the past. Mm -hmm. We're thinking in the past, right? So, so lower the volume to the emotion every time you notice lack comes up. And just like breaking any addiction, there's going to be cravings, right? So the body's going, <laughs> yeah. hey, Lewis, it's been about two hours since you're you You're so thought. used to doing this so, Yeah, thing. you've been thinking lacking thoughts about 150,000 times a day, and you're just going to stop now. <laughs> the body's going to start influencing the mind and say, yes. it's not going to work. You're a loser. It didn't work before. It's too hard. Everybody else. That's, that's why it's so hard for people to like lose weight or get in shape. Same, because you might this, try it for a few days, and then the cravings, or I'm tired, and I want to go yeah. default back into the old personality. Right, because why? Because the body, which has been conditioned the mind, the body is the unconscious mind. So the body's got used to the familiar feeling. Even mm -hmm. They don't even know it's lack. It's just how they feel. It's so not do, guilt. So, okay, right. so let me finish. How does, yeah, okay, ahead. so the hardest part about all of this is making a different choice. And the moment you decide to make a different choice, get ready, it's going to feel uncomfortable. Right. It's going to feel unfamiliar. Your your body's all of a sudden saying, hey, Lewis, uh, why don't you start thinking those same exact thoughts, mm -hmm. do the same things, make the same choices, demonstrate the same behaviors, have the same experiences. So you could feel that feeling of lack. Complain again to somebody, call somebody up and say how, how miserable your right. life is, right? <laughs> and that's, that's the known, right? So the body is always influencing the mind to return back to the familiar territory. To the default. Yeah. The default, okay. All right, so now the person says, okay, what thoughts do I not want? What, what, would an abundant person think this way? The people in our work that have created, mm. I had a guy come to our event. I, I love this guy. He healed himself. He, he tried to take his life three times. When he, he told me that when he came to our work, he didn't have $2 to rub together. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars wow. now. And just keeps giving it away. Wow. His, his lesson, his lesson was, and that wasn't the wealth, it was who he became. So it's the overcoming process that is the becoming process. Right? Who did he become in that journey? Exactly. He had to get beyond all of those thoughts of his past, all the mistakes he made, all the things he did wrong, all the money he owed there, all of that. That was like, he just had to no longer be that person any longer. Mm -hmm. But he did say, how would a wealthy person live? And, and, and when he created his wealth, what do you think the first thing he did? Started giving? Giving it away. Why? 
because an abundant person doesn't have any lack mm -hmm. and he knows how to create more of it and that's he's in the experiment well what would happen if i keep giving it away he keeps getting more that's a good experiment to have because that he is actually living in that abundant state he also had tremendous healings taking place because when you heal your heart, you heal your mind. I mean, it's just the way it is. We saw it so many times, right? So he healed his heart. He got an wow. upgrade. He got an upgrade, right? Yeah. So then the, the next fundamental question is, how would an abundant person think? Write it down, dude, and fire and wire those thoughts in your brain and install the hardware. Keep doing it with attention and intention. It becomes the new voice in your head. It becomes a software program. Then say, okay. How am I going to be in my life today? What would an abundant person, how would they behave? And before you reach for your cell phone and start scrolling through your social media, close your eyes and rehearse in your mind how that person would walk, how they would breathe, how they would smile, how they would mm. greet people, how they would be on Zoom calls, how would they be in traffic, how would they be at dinner? And, and the act of closing your eyes and mentally rehearsing the act, mm. if you're truly present, the brain does not know the difference between the real life experience and what you're imagining. In fact, just a little bit of time, you start to install the neurological hardware to look like you already did it. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host now the brain is no longer a record of the past it's primed for the future keep doing it keep rehearsing no different than playing an instrument no different than learning how to dance no different than learning how to act uh, or play a sport everybody's mm -hmm. always rehearsing right the rehearsal process changes the brain to look like you've already done it you've already experienced it now what's the essential part of that the hardware is in place now all you gotta do is step into the footprint mm. keep doing it it becomes a software program you start acting like an abundant person everything changes your energy changes your mood changes the way you walk the way you breathe your posture changes you're out of the known right yes. you gotta condition the body now emotionally into the future can't open your eyes in the morning until you are feeling worthy to receive. And if you can't feel worthy to receive, then if not, now when? Mm -hmm. If it takes you two hours to get there, ask me if it's worth 30 years of running, trying to get what you need matter to matter. Okay, so then the person who wrestles with their lack, they're out of the bleachers and they're on the playing field. Yeah. Here's what we learned. Here's what we learned. Let's go back to beliefs now. So remember, a belief is just a thought you keep thinking over and over again. A belief is something that you keep thinking enough times that you hardwired in your brain and it becomes an automatic program. And we have beliefs about all kinds of things, money, relationships, God, whatever it is. It's all based on what we've been told or our past experiences, right? The boundaries of those beliefs are our emotions, right? So let's just say you got betrayed or somebody abused you or mm -hmm. your father told you that money was bad and there's never enough of it or whatever. That's a story, okay? But, but somehow it left an impression on you. Remember that event very clearly and that's kind of rooted in who you are, right? Okay, so that emotion then is the boundary of our belief, okay? So how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. If you take a thought and a feeling, 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 that's called an attitude. A series <laughs> of good thoughts with a series of good feelings, you say, I have a good attitude today. You have a series of negative thoughts that are connected to a series of negative feelings, you say, I have a bad attitude today. So attitudes are just shortened states of being. Good attitude in the morning, bad attitude in the afternoon. If you take an attitude, an attitude, an attitude, and you keep those up, and you string attitudes together, you create what's called a belief. Mm -hmm. And a belief is just an extended state of being. So if you keep thinking the same thought, you keep hardwiring it in the brain, you keep feeling the same feeling, you keep conditioning in your body, the redundancy of that cycle over and over again conditions the body to subconsciously become the mind of that belief. And all beliefs 
are subconscious states of being. Mm. Okay. Take a belief, a belief, a belief, and you string them together. You form what's called a perception. And perceptions are just such extended states of being that we're unconscious. And so then we, we edit out reality. In fact, most people don't see things the way they are. They see things the way they are. Yes. Right? And people are always filling in reality unconsciously based on their memory. They could be married to a person for 40 years and they don't see the person. They see the memory of the person. Right? Mm -hmm. And there's research to prove this. Okay? So how do we change a belief or perception about ourselves or our lives? Okay? We've studied this. Okay, let's just say that lack is ingrained in there. You got the story, you lived on the streets, you lost everything, you got betrayed, your business partner took everything, took your wife, took, you got the story in the half, yes. okay? Okay, you gotta start telling a new story of the future, right? You gotta believe in that future more than you have to believe in the past, so how do you do that? Mm -hmm. You only believe in the past when you feel the emotions of the past. The only time you're gonna believe in the future is when you feel the emotions of the future, right? Okay, so in order for us to change a belief or perception about ourselves and our lives. We have to make a decision with such firm intention that the amplitude of that decision carries a level of energy that's greater than the hardwired programs in uh -huh. your brain and the emotional conditioning in your body. And your body literally has to respond to your mind. That the choice that you're making to change in that moment becomes a moment in time that you never forget. And here's the key. Physically. Physically. The stronger the emotion you feel when you make that choice, the more you'll remember the decision. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then how do we downregulate that old belief? If the trauma created an emotional quotient of six or seven, then your decision to change your beliefs got to be a nine. Right. And you got to come out of your resting state and that moment has to define you. You could say, I know exactly where I was, the time and day it was, who I was with, when I made my mind up to change, mm -hmm. right? Because you created a long-term memory. Long-term memories are created with from strong emotion, emotion. Yes. right? But if the amplitude of that emotion is greater than the betrayal, boom, the body starts responding to the mind. And, you're actually giving your body a taste of the future emotionally. So you brand your- What's possible. No, your body's actually getting the taste of that future event. It's experiencing the future now. Now, exactly. Big yeah. explosion in the quantum field. Wow. Big explosion. So the side effect of that is if you combine that clear intention with that elevated emotion, you're basically remembering your future and it looks no different than remembering your past. Think neurologically within the circuits of that memory and feel within the emotions of that new belief and watch your life begin to change because nothing changes in our life that we change. And when we change our energy, we change our life. So now the experiment all of a sudden is no longer based on it being hard or trying or wishing or wanting mm -hmm. or hoping. That's what we do when we're, lacking, we're in lack or separation. It's about change. So then when we finally realize in order for us to become abundant, we have to overcome the old personality. And that's 95% of who we are, right? Yes. So then the side effect of the beginning of this process is a lot of discomfort. <laughs> it is a lot of discomfort because you're stepping outside the known into the unknown and now you can't predict. It's scary. No, no, it's you'd, fearful, ra you'd so. rather hold on to your lack. The pain, the suffering. Rather tell the story of that, at least it makes you feel something that's familiar. Mm -hmm. When you step outside and you're saying, I'm not gonna complain about money any longer, I'm not gonna complain about I don't have any, I'm not gonna judge other people who do, I'm not gonna say I can, I'm not worthy, it's never gonna work, all those things gotta go. I'm not gonna feel lack, I'm not gonna feel unworthy, I'm not gonna feel separation, I'm not gonna feel resentment. These are the things that are keeping my reality the same. Now it's no longer about abundance about who you become. Mm -hmm. So the overcoming process becomes the becoming process. And so many people come to this work, they want abundance, they want healing, they want a new relationship, they want a new career, they want the mystical, but really they want wholeness. And, and they want healing, they want peace. They want they wholeness. Because they feel unwhole. Well, well, when you're in lack or you're in separation, you're not whole. Mm. Imagine feeling so much wholeness that's impossible to want. That's what, our, that's what we're working on with people. Then you can really enjoy a sunset. Then you can really enjoy a meal. Then you can really enjoy your friends. Then you can, I, 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 I talk to people that are very abundant. I mean, in the billions abundant. And you know, 
So many of them say, we are in misery. We're in our hole. We're in agony because they can't enjoy life anymore. That's what they want. I mean, people want abundance to be able to enjoy life. They want to be able to do whatever they want with whoever they want as many times as they want wherever they want. That's freedom, right? Or people want abundance. The sponsoring thought is really they want freedom, right? Or whatever their sponsoring thought would be, right? So, so then creating from the field instead of from matter to shorten the distance between cause and effect requires that clear intention with that elevated emotion, coherent brain and coherent heart. Tune into that energy and feel it with your brain and your heart. I mean, we have plenty of ways to do that. Examine your personality and examine your personal reality. Change your personality, change your personal reality. Don't make it be about abundance, be mm -hmm. about becoming abundant by overcoming the person who's not abundant. The person who heals themselves from a health condition, who's no longer thinking the same way, no longer acting the same way, no longer feeling the same way. You ask them where that disease is when they stand on the stage in front of 1,500 people or 3,000 people, and that's a four minute mile. Everybody's leaning in, that's truth right on the stage. They say, where is that? Where is the disease? Oh, it lives in the old person. Wow. I'm, I'm somebody else. I, yeah. I, that's like, that's, I don't even, that's not even a story. That's not even who I am any longer. So lo and behold, when we do our research and people do this in seven days of going all in, at the end of seven days, their body looks like genetically with all the metabolites that they're literally in a different environment. You know, here's the weird part. Mm -hmm. They're in a ballroom. Right. There's not a lot happening in a ballroom. Right, right. What's happening in a ballroom? I've been to thousands of ballrooms. Yeah. But the environment somehow looks like they're living in a very prosperous, very healthy, very loving, nurturing, very whole environment. Why? Because they were signaling genes ahead of the environment. Mm -hmm. And if the environment signals the gene, okay, that's epigenetics. The end product of the experience in the environment is an emotion. If you feel the emotion before the experience, you're signaling the gene ahead of the environment. Why do you think so many people center their identity with being a victim? And why do you think they hold on to it so tightly when they know they could reprogram their beliefs and start living in accordance with a harmonious life and being the creator and manifester as opposed to the victim who is powerless? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing, some people say, oh, yeah, you can change your life. And then they find it's very difficult. It's very hard. I go, why? Because they don't know how to push the record button. Uh, right. You know, uh, and so many of them are talking to themselves. I'm going to make Bruce, you do better. You just do better about this. You do better. And I go, okay, let's stop for a second. Who am I asking to do better? Oh, my subconscious. I go, oh, there's nobody in there. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Nobody. I go, well, that's a big waste of time, man, because uh, <laughs> that's not where change comes from. They don't know how to push that button. If you don't know how to push the button, it's frustrating. And it says, oh, it takes so, it's so much hard work to change. It's not easy. It takes time. The, these are belief systems. Why? Because they try and it doesn't work. I go, that's because they didn't know how to push the record button. So mm. most people say, yeah, I can change, but it's not working. They said, think positive. And I thought positive and it didn't work. It's not working. Yeah. No, because the idea was you can think all you want, but the problem is while you're thinking, you're actually playing the negative program. <laughs> so you can think about being positive is actually creating the negative problem because you're not paying attention when you're thinking about being positive. So th th this is a whole issue. People have a feeling that they can change, but they have no effort. They don't want to get in the game because they feel it's, uh, you know, it's just too much time and it doesn't work. And I tried it and it didn't work. And then they give up and then life just goes on. It's seamless. You, you don't see it. It's just the way you've been living it <laughs> ever since seven years old. You've been just living this program. If, if someone had only said, you know what, I'm a victim. I've got too much going on. I don't have time to do these new program things you're talking about. The record button seems like too much work. It's it's exhausting. I've tried and started and stopped so many times with health, money, relationships, whatever it might be, and I'm a failure at all these things. If you could only give people a five-minute thing to do every day, and you said, it, just focus on this five minutes a day <laughs> well, that, to, get you, to, get you start, to get you started. Well, the get, the get you, know. you started is this. If you, like, like the first time that I really started to be aware that my, my subconscious was controlling me was uh, when I was in my car, stopped at a red light, and I realized I was going to be late, 
And then all of a sudden I started berating myself. Well, you can't do things right. You're not oh, good you enough. You idiot. You're such a, yeah, idiot. how do you forget these things? It was that moment that I said, wait, I'm listening to what these words are. I'm actually stopping. I'm not just saying the words. I'm saying the words, but I'm actually listening. I said, well, how many positive things did I just say? Zero. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a problem right there. And I started to realize we have to stop and be conscious just long enough to listen to these things, they flow through just continuously. You got to stop and just tune in and say, what am I thinking? Why? Because if you start to realize that most of your thoughts are negative and this is not good enough, that won't work, blah, blah, blah. And I said, but that's a creative voice you're talking about right there. Mm -hmm. That voice is creating and everything you just said is now part of your creation. So what if you stopped? What if you just uh, said, wait, that what I did is I just covered up the clock on my car so I didn't have to see how late I was going to be. And I got there on the right time. <laughs> it's like, why? Because I didn't focus on, you know, all the steps between here and the destination. I just said, I got to get there. Boom, I was there. That's how it worked. Okay. So what can a person do? I think the first time is just for them to wake up long enough to hear, are, are you giving yourself positive vision of a future or you already canceled the future with with negative things that you can bring up any number of negative things. It's not going to happen because of X, fill in X. You can put anything in there. It's not going to happen. I go, until you understand, oh, my God, I am not thinking a positive thought in this process. Well, then I'm not, if I'm not thinking a positive thought, then I don't want those other thoughts to manifest. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that was a wake-up call. Uh, I, should we, is there a place where we should, where negative thinking is a positive? Can't say it because it's yeah. a delusion. It's a delusion. It's not the reality of negative thinking uh, uh, besides manifesting it as a reality. Mm -hmm. it, it's only, and now you are manifesting. Well, that was, when do you want to stop manifesting? I say, when you stop long enough to correct yourself. No, I don't want to think that. No, let me think something positive. Let, let me assure you something. A while back, I, I would have been what loosely called manic depressive. I'd be happy most of the time, and then something would go wrong, and then the next thing would go wrong, and I, I would go in a spiral, and then it got worse, and i get down and be totally depressed, you know, giving myself self-talk bad criticism, not smart enough, not good enough, whatever. And I was... Uh, uh, Engage. This was like a repetitive process. And, you know, once it starts, it's like, oh, here we go. You know, it's going to go. And I was in my lab doing something and it required so much work to get this done. And, and then there was the part where I prepared the experiment. Then I'm going to run the experiment. It takes like two hours to prepare. And then I start to run it. And if you mess up a little bit, the whole thing goes to. Mm -hmm. And I so I did it the first time, went to crap. And it's like, oh, God, it's got to spend two more hours putting it all back together again. Weigh out all this stuff, do everything, get it ready. I ruined it the second time. Third time really put me off because now I've spent over six hours of the day not, <laughs> repeating experiments that never worked. And I got real mad at myself and I went into that. You idiot, you can't do anything right. And it was cool. I was alone in the room and I hear a voice just right out in front of me somewhere, right out there. And that voice says, don't you have anything better to do than to listen to this? Wow. And I, for a moment, I was stunned. Like, I'm the only one in the room. You know, it was my higher self mm. looking at me, going through this and saying, don't you have anything better? And I, I laughed. That's kind of funny. I said, sure. I'd rather go see a movie. And there was a newspaper. <laughs> I picked it up, found a movie, went to the movie, came out clear. No more depression. Gone. Okay. The next time I started to go down, I, I remembered that. Don't I have anything better to do? I started to laugh, immediately changed, just went and did something else, stopped. It was a choice. I could continue going back and forth with that. Or what the choice was, do something else. And I did it. Guess what? After a number of times, not too many, I never got depressed again because this really? made a habit that if I would start in that direction, the habit was go do something else. And that has been now a valid part of my whole life. I carry nothing forward on this anymore. Uh, and, and this was like the freedom. If you're living with yourself and you are, you believe you're unlovable, then you're living with your an unlovable self all day long and you're gonna be anxious, probably stressed, 
worried. What are people thinking about me? I'm not good enough. Other people don't think I'm good enough. I'm not going to be accepted. They're and that's the conscious thinking mind. Right. And while you're thinking, what's running the show? The, the problem that you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thinking about it, and while I'm thinking, now the problem is running while I'm thinking about it. And as a, as a, you know, cell biologist and researcher yeah. on science, what happens to our physical cells in the material world when the mind subconsciously and consciously is directing negative energy and thoughts towards it? Self-sabotage. You are manifesting a life. Are you manifesting a positive life? Well, that's a choice. You want to manifest a negative life? That's a choice. But if you start manifesting, then the, the cascade of consequences of that are going to manifest in the process. It's a choice. People don't believe it's a choice because they get so carried away with it without looking at themselves saying, hey, wait, this is a moment of choice. That's why that voice, it woke me up, took me out of this lifetime of that. Mm. Because once it said that, uh, it was funny. It was so funny that anytime I started to go down, I started laughing and then stop. And then the point was, never. Uh, it's been years, years since I've had any anger issues at all really uh, yes so you used to be, so you used to be a lot you used to be a lot angrier or used to be well, reactive I, things weren't working life. i was more frustrated most of the time because right. things weren't working the way i wanted them to work now it's like are you kidding me I, i'm like this happy camper hey i'm awake guess what i have another day here another day to experience i have no idea what's going to happen i send out some good things and then good things come back Great. This is a great life. This is not an accident. I know this from a scientific point of view because I'm very clear of my first 40 plus years with those programs that I got from my family, creating the problem that my family has. You know, my brother's uh, cancer like that, excuse me, but, you know, uh, I go, why? The same family, they just kept the programming of that. So and it's not I, genetic, okay. it's programming. 100%. Yeah. 100%. What are some what are some daily affirmations you started to implement when you saw this depressed thoughts coming in or these self-sabotage thoughts coming in? What did you shift it with affirmations, with different thoughts? What did you start to say? It was to just the awareness, A, that, you know, as I said, the very first stop light where I started all of a sudden listen while I'm waiting for the light. It was like the first time I tuned in and go, what the hell are you thinking? That was the most important thing, because then the habit of not going there anymore, starting to realize, uh oh, this is why am I thinking it's negative thing? Turn around, make a positive statement right now, because that negative one is taking you on the and just a repetition of this behavior become habitual. So and habits are great. Why? No effort. I love habits. Why? You don't even have to think about them. They do it automatically, you know. So if you put in these really great habits, you can walk through the day and think anything you want, do anything you want. And your habit, if they're good ones, will just guide you perfectly through here without even being involved with thinking. Mm. Ah, that's the game. The game is what is heaven to you? Then program that that's your life. And then guess what? The 95% of the day manifesting heaven while you're not even thinking about it. And for those listening or watching saying, you know, Bruce, this sounds great and all, but I've heard the positive thinking and changing your thoughts stuff a million times, and I've tried it before and it hasn't worked for me. How can you prove on a scientific level that this actually is not woo-woo land, but it's actually scientific well, evidence? Uh, well, the one that, get, that was real important for me, because I, I knew the experience of Psyche helped me, but I had no awareness of what or how. Like, oh, that was cool. That was nice. But when I saw the results that Jeff Fannin showed of, of recording the activity while the process was going on, it's like, oh, well, of this the brain, of, of the brain. brain. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a real function. This is a real action. This is not a suggestion. <laughs> this is a mechanism. Uh, and then that gave more positive character to me to follow through because I saw this is just not coincidence stuff, man. This is manifestation. Uh, and, and we have that opportunity to manifest. But to many people, their belief system about that is they're the victim and I'm stuck and that's the way it is. That's my life and my genes did this and therefore I'm I'm, I'm going to die and, and all this kind of, and it's like, wow. 
that you are now a machine and you're going to play that right out to the very end and it will happen just as you thought it would. Let's say you make a million dollars in your business, but then you invest a lot in the stock market or whatever, and then half of it goes away overnight. Who doesn't have that happen? Right. Every abundant person has that happen. Right. And, and, and their response is minimal. So what should be people be thinking when they lose a lot of money or they lesson, lose something? Don't lose the lesson. Uh, you may lose the money, but don't lose the lesson. Should people feel this emotional attachment to the money no, loss? No, why? Or just why? Say, what, is, okay. what is money? I mean, what is that? What people really want. It's like people say to me, oh, I have this great idea for this new business and, and I need money. And I say, you don't need money. You need opportunity. Mm-hmm. You need opportunity. You better tune in to some opportunities, right? So it's the framing of how limited we think that we have to get things through money. It just is not the way it is. Yeah. So the fundamental importance about all of this is I, I really don't care if people want to be abundant. I don't care if they want to heal. I don't care if they want to have a mystical. I don't care what when I travel the world. It doesn't matter to me. I just want them to be in the experiment. The experiment of actually trying it out yes. and seeing kind of, if I really change my energy, well, could I actually have an effect that's produced in my life? And if I'm waiting for the event to occur, I'm back to the illusion of separation and lack, Mm -hmm. waiting for it to happen, to take it away if I'm truly a creator. So let's say, let's say they're not waiting. What should they do instead of waiting? Keep feeling the feeling in the present moment and trust. If you're you're waiting, you're not creating. I mean, that's just the Mm -hmm. way it is. So wake up every day. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want your dream? It's so much easier to forget that vision than to remember it, right? So yes. if you're gonna remember it, you gotta keep it alive in your mind. How do you keep it alive in your mind? You, you disconnect from your environment, you close your eyes, you play music in the background. You get, sit your body down and it's gotta pee and it's gotta eat and it's gotta, well, you just, <laughs> just sit down for a few minutes, yes. like training a dog, like yeah. stay. When I say it's time to get up, we get up. Don't be thinking about what's gonna happen in your day, you already know what's gonna happen. Don't think what happened yesterday, you already know that. Get in the present moment, and say, who do I want to be when I open my eyes? Who do I want to be today? What would greatness mm-hmm. look like? Huh? Right. How, would, how would I, how would, one day, one shot, one lifetime, what would an abundant person do? Let me rehearse that with my eyes closed. Let me remind myself who I don't want to be. Let me remind myself of who do I want to be. Let's not get up, Lewis. Until we get into that. Until we are, to where the tennis ball hits the sweet spot. When you go, oh, I'm ready for the day now. now Game on. Now, if you can maintain that modified state of mind and body the entire day without defaulting by seeing someone or doing something, stay in that state, the experiment still continues. And you're changing your energy. Doesn't happen in two days, you're not that good. Right. That's it, you're not that good. We keep practicing. People who show up for the 21 weeks in a row, this woman, 21 weeks in a row, the end of 21 weeks, she knew it. Boom, her whole life changed, boom. Was it 21 days worth it? Ask her. The experiment, she was just changing the process. People who diagnose with really serious health conditions and they start doing the meditations and they realize, wow, God, my body feels better, my pain feels better, but my values, my scans are still showing the disease exists. All right, did it, does it mean that it doesn't work? No, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It means like, what am I doing the other 15 hours of the day? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm in lack, I'm in fear, I'm responding to the same people in the same uh-huh. ways. And you gotta think about this. As long as your response to everything in your life is the same, you're not changing. Right. So change your response to things in your life and you're in the process of change. So then, now I gotta get good with my eyes open. Now I gotta be able to rehearse, oh my God, I fell from grace. At that moment in my day, oh my God, I defaulted back mm-hmm. to the old self. Forgive I went back. yourself, yeah. All right, no, so it's not it's only forgive yourself. Like There's a forgiving process, like shoot. But if you're truly playing the game, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. You just go, oh God, let me brush myself off. Get back to keep it, out, yeah. Let me get back in my heart here. Let me get back in that place. Let me remember, let me get back in this energy. And let's try it again. Let's try it again. Yes. And, and let's just keep the experiment going. Now, does that mean you have to be irresponsible? No, you still have to navigate with ethics and morality. You still have to have personal conviction. You still have to have a vision that's bigger than you and somehow that motivates you because not only you're doing it for selfish reasons, but to contribute to others in some way. Of course, there's gonna be recognition and popularity and aggrandizement that goes with it. Money should be the side effect Mm -hmm. of all that. The game should be so good.
of your vision, like that vision of the future, you have to keep alive in your mind. That should be the game. The you ones mean, that can keep that vision of the future in their mind now. Exactly. And, and have yeah. a personality. Even if, you're, even if your reality is falling apart, right. and that's happened to a lot of people. I mean, there are people that have come to our work that are living in the back of their car. Right. And now they're, you know, th living very well or, or th sure. bankrupt. And now they're, you know, their companies are thriving. just thriving. Yeah. They just... They just never stopped believing in themselves. Because if you believe in yourself, it means you have to believe in possibility. And if you believe in possibility, you're gonna to have to believe in yourself. And so something really cool happens when you do this that I just discovered recently. Just watching people at our week-long events, um, you know, because you gotta go all in. You gotta go all in. And it's seven days and it's a lot and it's super intense and there's times where you don't want to show up because I'm pushing mm. people across the river of change. There comes a moment where people keep showing up for themselves. They keep showing up for themselves in spite of the weather, in spite of their foot hurting, in spite of their bad dream, in spite of the whatever, their fight with or whoever. They keep showing up. They get really worthy to receive. They, it's no, they feel really worthy like I am worthy to receive this gift. And the universe only gives us what we think we're worthy of receiving, right? So we got to get to that point because so many people who are in lack somehow don't feel worthy, right? Mm -hmm. so, so the abundance then becomes the sign that you finally become worthy. And the, for the soul, it's not about the abundance. It's about mastering your worthiness. Mm. And the reflection Man. is the things that you accumulate. What's, the, what's the, the strategy to start believing we're worthy of receiving now? Is there Fill a... your brain with as much knowledge as possible. And, and listen, my dad used to say this to me all the time. He'd say, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Just sit down with me here. If anybody else can do it, you could do it also. Mm. Well, let's just start there. So how did these people do it? Like, let's look at what they did. Right. All right, let's study. This is a school of greatness. Yeah. Let's study greatness. What, what is greatness? Like an uncompromising will, invincibility, right. lead with their heart, adapt and make changes, let go of the past, give, you, give, give life, live it fully and completely and embrace it and enjoy it. I don't know, whatever, you get to write the script. Yeah. And you, you tell the story of your future instead of telling the story of your past, watch mm, what my happens. Gosh. What is, so how do we, should we be speaking to others about our future or should we be more keeping that to our mind and our bodies and kind of speaking it to ourselves? What happens when you say, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this yeah, and this yeah. is my future, does that actually that's hurt a great us? Question. Yeah, so I really don't leak it out. Yeah, I never yeah. leak it out. Because so if I'm working on you. something, yeah. I hold it. Right? I don't want to, I don't, I, I'll, when, it, when I know it's going to happen, that's when I'll say, hey, you guys, this is, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, right? So it's more to yourself. Right. Listen, you future. know when you know when you're changing? When you stop talking about it. That's when you know you're changing. Because you're out you're of the bleachers and you're on the playing field. Look, look, so many people come to our work, Lewis, and they say, I, I always believed that this was possible. All this information it seems I've seen people heal them. Some people create well. Uh, I, I get it. I just didn't believe it would work for me. Mm. Oh, it's a big moment. It's a it's a big moment. Now now you are on the game. You're in are you in the playing field? You're, yes. you're out of the bleachers. Like like we had people stand on the stage. Someone stand on the stage this weekend in Denver. Just said, my God, I I <laughs> I. I really believe that that um, this would work. I just I just didn't believe I could heal. I didn't believe, I really didn't believe it. I really didn't believe she was a physician. It's a physician. I really didn't believe I could heal. Now, is it about the healing anymore? It's about overcoming the belief. And every day, she's got to make that decision with such firm intention that the amplitude of that decision is causing her body to respond to her mind. And that's the moment she's rewriting the belief. And if, if she doesn't feel like it, don't expect anything to occur in your life. You got to come out of your resting state. You got you to make that choice. What do you, for the, all the people that go to your events, uh, and just in life, one of the biggest challenges people have is the consistency of doing these things. Yes. It's hard to actually go and try it once. No, That's but, but here's thing. the deal. But here's, you the deal. Stay here's the deal. 
here's the deal. Yeah. Let's just say you're in the experiment, uh -huh. and now that belief is right in your face. I guarantee you that discomfort from that belief being right in your face is going to get you out of bed in the morning, mm -hmm. and you're going to face off with it. There's an, there's an innate capacity that we have as human beings to want to overcome our limitations. It's in there, right? So the community that, that we have that does this work, they're not like, oh, God, i got to go create today. <laughs> That's not their game. The magic is so good they show up because they don't want the magic to end. To go away, yeah. They don't, they, they're not doing it as a have to, to please God, do the right thing, be spiritual. None of that. None, it's not an obligation. It's something that they actually look forward to doing because the experiment in their life is creating all these wonderful opportunities. And, and there's plenty of people in our work that started new businesses that are sure. they're jamming. Yeah, yeah. They're jamming. They're jamming. And, and, and they would never be victim. What are the main limiting beliefs that you just hear consistently that most people tend to have if they're not in a heavy, uh, uh, higher level program that they've caught and switched with? Well, one of the main beliefs that they're caught up in is the uh, lack of power they feel over their own health and their own reality. That I'm a victim. I'm a victim of my genes. I'm a victim of this world out here. I say, if you if a, the belief system uh, is translated into behavior, <laughs> if I believe I'm a victim, then my behavior will be as a victim. No power. You guys tell me what to do, and I'll try and do what you just said. And I say, well, that's the biggest problem of all, because quantum physics, I mentioned, is the most valid science. And principle number one is you're the creator of this. And it's like, well, when are you going to own that? And the answer is, I could say it, but then you walk away and a few minutes later, you're back into your world again. Everything's gone. You know, listen, it took me a while. Uh, I learned and understood that, oh, my God, this is how it works. And I was so excited. I wanted to get people. I wanted to tell anybody to listen to the science. <laughs> this is how it works. So I, I beginning got some people together and I started to go off. Let me tell you how to create the most beautiful life experience. And then they'd look at me and they go, you know. Lipton, for a guy who says you know this, your, your life doesn't look that good. Interesting. It was my wake-up call that said, how the hell can I talk about how wonderful this is and I'm not practicing it? And I immediately said to myself, no, don't go out there and talk to anybody about this. Why? Until you do it. So what were, the, what were the things that were holding you back before you discovered this? And then what was the new program that you started to implement for yourself on a consistent basis to have a 100% upgraded program? Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things professionally, okay, I was doing a great job. I, I had a great professorship in a medical school, all that kind of stuff. For, you know, personally, my life sucked. <laughs> really? I get a relationship off the ground. I go, why not? I go, well, now that I know about it, I was programmed about relationships by observing my father and my mother. Well, they had dysfunctional relationships. So what do you think I downloaded? Dysfunction. Yeah. So my conscious mind goes forward and says, yeah, I want to have a great relationship. I get into it. My subconscious mind steps up and says, oh, this is how we do a relationship. You, Ooh, uh-oh, <laughs> game over. Right. You know, why? Because I didn't see the negative behaviors that I was putting out my partner, potential partner saw them and gave them cause for alarm. I don't think I want to be with this guy. You know, that was me. <laughs> uh, and then I realized that. And that's when I really had to go in first thing and start to change. Who am I? And I'll tell you the biggest problem uh, now after years of working, people do not love themselves. Mm. And I say, what does that mean? I said, if you have a program where you don't love yourself, then Rationally, logically, can anybody else love you? And the answer no. is no. Because you don't think you're lovable. That's right. And somebody says you are, that, oh, I love you. And then you go, well, you know, you probably don't have any quality control. I know I'm not lovable. What's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> and then at some point you push them away and then they're not there. And then you go, I'm not lovable. Nobody's here. <laughs> I, I push them away, you know, and I changed that. I was nearly, what, 45 years old, 40 some years mm. old. And I had zero quality relationships for all that life. Right. I changed the program. 
And within a couple of years, I, I'm now with my partner, Margaret. Uh, and, and the fact is, she was involved with a um, workshop training program for people. So she understood processing and stuff. And when I came and we added the science and the processing, uh, we've been living a honeymoon for 26 mm. years. Really? 26 years waking up every day going, wow, still here. Another day for fun. Another day for being in love. It was great. And it still is. But if I didn't change the program, that would never have been part of my life at all. I would have been my whole life struggling. How did you change it? And what was the thing that you started to say in replace of the previous program? Well, the first thing was I had, we do muscle testing. Now you're an athlete, all that stuff. And you know about muscles. Well, let me just say about muscle testing. The conscious mind is a creative mind. And the subconscious mind is a program, but the subconscious mind being a massive processor controls muscles, the subconscious, not thinking, man, it's boom. It's just programmed real fast reflexes. Boom. Like this. Okay. So <clears throat> if you make a statement with your conscious mind, the creative mind and the subconscious mind doesn't agree with that, there's no history to support that statement. Then the two minds are not in harmony. I say, what happens when they're in disharmony? And the answer is it weakens the subconscious mind wow. and your muscles get weaker. So, so how, do we, how do we get them in harmony? Well, you have to make sure then whatever statements you're making are agree with the subconscious program. And if you want a statement that's positive and your subconscious program doesn't have it, then all of a sudden you say, well, that's where I got, I got to fix a subconscious mind. I don't need to fix a conscious one. And that's when it comes back. Well, then programming that subconscious mind. Another one that was so amazing was uh, I tried to write my biology belief book. I got to three different times. I got started, got about halfway through, and it just petered out. I just, mm. just disappeared. And I, and I was so upset because I really wanted to write this book. And then doing muscle testing, I, I found out that my subconscious mind did not support writing the book. I go, why not? And the answer was because I'm a scientist. And if I wrote the book, which had spirituality in it, I would lose my support from my colleagues. So my subconscious mind was saying, okay, that's enough. That, no more writing, because if you conclude this, you're going to be an outcast from your society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I remember uh, doing a, one of these balances, they're called 15 minutes or less. And in the process, uh, uh, part of the balance was how do I want this book to be written now? Well, I said, I want it to be written fast because I waste a lot of time. And I thought struggling over it was a pain. So I thought, you know, um, maybe it should be fun. <laughs> okay. And, uh, uh, and so but fun and easy, uh, uh, whatever it was, I balanced that. And I forgot about it because it was just 15 minutes. And it was like, oh, yeah, I should do something about that, blah, blah, blah. And months later, the book is done. Wow. And I remember uh, getting reviewing it. It's going to go to the publisher. This is the final read, sending it to the publisher, get down to the last page, down the last thing, get down the last line. It's finished. And I pushed myself back in the chair and I said, wow, that was fast and kind of fun and it was easy. I said, holy, those are the words that I put in, which I completely forgot about. And I programmed my mind that way. And the moment I finished the book, I said, fast, fun, and easy. I go, holy, that's what, that was the program. Mm. Uh, and it was what took me off. And, and, but go back to the, I love myself one, because uh, I can tell you now for a fact, I'm uh, being involved with so many belief change programs. Um, over 80%, generally 90% of every audience will not test positive for I love myself. Uh, that's a very large number. <laughs> and that means why, why so many marriages fall apart, because mm. they never really connected. They were sort of like, uh, you know, on the surface, really nice, but their subconscious programs clash, boom, gone, right. it's not working. Uh, and, and then the idea is what? Well, let me give you a reason why you're an athlete. So I know I can tell you right, right, where the, that programming worked. And it goes like this. Um, if a kid on a sports team is not doing well, 
the coach doesn't go, oh, please try harder. You could do better. I go, no, coach comes out there. That's not good enough. Who do you think you are? You know, you're not worthy to be on this team, blah, blah, blah. And the player immediately in the conscious mind goes, oh, my God, I, I better work harder and be better. And great. Now I say, what if the parent is acting as a coach and the kid is five years old? I go, why is that important? I said, they're not using the conscious mind at five years old. They're in record. And the parents said, that's not good enough. You don't deserve this. You're not lovable. Who do you think you are? I say, the child is not thinking about what the parent was intending. The right. child's recording. I'm not lovable. I'm not deserving. I'm not. This. And I go, the 95% of your life is going to come from that program. And you see why you struggle. You don't love yourself because the first thing you'd be critical of yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I, I go, well. Now you're self-critical. <laughs> and the moment you're self-critical, you just uh, cancel the whole game right at that point. So what is this muscle balance test thing you were talking about? Is this called muscle testing? How do you do this? Well, uh, one very simple way. You can use any part of your body with muscles. I could push on your head. I could push on a finger. Usually it's done with an arm. My arm. Yeah. You push my arm, arm down. And yeah. the game is this. It's not arm wrestling. People think, oh, I say, no, no. The idea is this. You have to keep focus. You, you make a statement and you keep your mind on that statement. Uh, difference. Give me, give me an example. People. Give me an example of like, uh, I love, I love myself. myself. I love myself. Okay. Hold out yeah. your arm. Point. If the conscious and subconscious agree the muscle is a rock, you could do chin ups on that arm. Okay. But if the subconscious doesn't agree with the conscious mind, you say I'm lovable and the subconscious mind give you all the reasons why you're not. Mm. And guess what? Now the two minds are in disharmony and now the, the arm will move. I say, well, how much does it move? I say, well, all you need to know is it, it moved that much. <laughs> if it just moved that A little much, bit. any yeah. more pushing or thing, now that's arm wrestling. It was, if, if they both agree, that's solid. That's not even going to move. But if there's, if the two don't agree, then just even the first downward movement like that says, that's it, that you don't have to do any more. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.